and I, I do think that everything that we've talked about in terms of what different hats is going to be and what it's going to bring to the world is really rooted in your ikigaya. Different hats is just a culmination of, of all of that coming together under one banner and one brand. Multiple persona disorder, mm. which um, if I can just extrapolate what we Please. were thinking around that yeah. was the idea that wearing the different hats, being the different things to different people when you uh, set up or establish a business can often leave you spreading yourself a little thin mm. because you're doing all of those things. And so whilst we acknowledge the truth of the different hats that we all have to wear because that's just the day-to-day -day reality of being mm. an entrepreneur, of starting a business, yeah. it's not like that forever, defining success. Mm. And I know that that's a core principle that underpins everything that you want to achieve with different hats. So talk to me about success. I think as a society, we are we are focused or we measure, the measurement in which we measure success is based on the financial performance. What hit me really, really hard and what helped to change, I guess, my narrative, and I've spoke a few times about it, is that coming up to 40, I hit the lowest point of my life up and, and I looked at myself and I felt like a complete failure mm -hmm. and for someone that's generally got a smile on his face and is an optimist and everything's going to be all right I went into a really really dark space and I thought to myself wow so if I did die tomorrow but the measurement of success was the relationships I'd built over my life and the impact I've had on people focus on the purpose not the financial outcome mm. And the financial outcome. Go back to Simon Sinek's, you know, why, how, what, his TED talk. He talks about the money will come, but it will come the right way and and for the right reasons if what you're doing is connected to that core purpose. You know, helping the world to see success differently. That's that's my goal, that's my mission, that's what I feel like I'm, my purpose is gonna be to have them conversations to tease that out and um, yeah, I'm excited to see where it's going to go. I'm on a mission to help the world to see success differently. For sharing the stories of our guests, I hope to inspire those that listen. This is the Different Hats podcast, produced by H2 Productions. I hope you can join us on this journey. It's all change here. Hello and welcome to the podcast formerly known as County Business Talks. As you've probably already noticed, I'm not your regular host. My name's Gareth Dimelow uh, and you may recognise me from... One, being one of Sam's guests at the end of season two. Um, like I said, everything's changing, but that should all make sense in just a minute. Um, after four successful seasons of uh, County Business Talks, Sam has made the decision to take the podcast in an exciting new direction. And that's why I'm here today. Uh, we thought what better way to kick things off than by switching things up, changing things around and putting Sam in the hot seat for once. Now, I think one of the things that makes Sam such a great podcast host is that he's a really great listener. And as a consequence, the podcast has always been really about his guests, their story, their journey. 
But as Sam himself always says, and looking at him, I can see his hat and his T-shirt both say, uh, everyone has a story to tell. So what's Sam's? I think we're going to find out today. This is a great time to let Tam, to let Sam tell his own story, particularly now that he's launching an exciting new business. And that really is why I'm here in the driver's seat today. Um, this is my first time hosting one of these, so do bear with me. It might be a little clunky. It, won't, it will lack the professionalism and slickness of Sam's usual delivery. Um, it certainly doesn't make it any easier knowing I'm sitting across from a consummate professional. Uh, but that's enough from me. As I said, my name's Gareth, uh, and I'll be hosting today's conversation. But let's get over to our very, very, very special guest, uh, the creator of this, the Different Hats podcast, Sam. Thank you very much. Well, this feels a little bit uh, strange. Uncomfortable, weird. A, a, a tad, mate, a tad. But I could not think of a better person to sit opposite me and ask me a couple of questions than, than your good self. So uh, I'm, uh, I'm excited. Okay. And what sort of prep did you do for getting ready to be on that side? of the, um, You're actually on the usual side of the table, but yeah. you're in a very different role today. Um, I just... Look, for the great thing, obviously working with you guys, I guess a, a couple of times now and doing so much together for me, like just getting me to think differently. And the great thing with obviously this, we sort of spoke a little bit about what I wanted to achieve with this episode and with all the change and how we're going to get it out there. And I think like for me, it was just what I, what the message I want to get across and how we get that across and tell mm-hmm. people really what Different Hats is all about and and. What I want, what I want to help the world with, I guess. Mm-hmm. Fantastic, because I think so much of your time is help creating, is spent helping people create a platform uh, and a space for talking about their business, talking mm. about what it is that they want to achieve. But as we all know, you know, like the cobbler's children that go to school barefoot, it's so much harder to do that for yourself and you know that's why a lot of the organizations that we work with in the past are communications organizations themselves they know how to help other people but mm. when it comes to them talking about themselves there's a there's a tentativeness or an awkwardness or even just i think one of the things that's nice is there's a lack of ego mm. with you and but that means that when you're in a position to talk yourself up you're like actually i don't really want to, that's that's not my thing mm. i'd much rather let somebody else do it so this time the spotlight's shining right in your eyes and hopefully it's not too blinding. So let's begin at the beginning. Um, as I said at the start of the pod- podcast, this is the first Different Hats podcast. So why now? Why the change? Um, okay, look, for me, the podcast is just it's, it's developed into something a lot more than I ever dreamed it would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, during when we started County Business Clubs, for me, it was all about, you know, and doing the work where you guys want to share company stories. So starting a podcast just seemed like a, an, another way that we could share share the story. I got hooked on podcasts in, during lockdown. Um, and from that, I thought, oh, this could be a great thing to do. Um, first episode recorded in my bedroom on my laptop on Zoom with Bradley Hatchett. And then all of a sudden, I'm in a studio and recording it properly. But... Uh, for me, it was just a case of I've started something that I've, I absolutely love and I never thought I would do as much as I as I did. And then having the amazing conversations and what nearly 90-odd episodes have been released, including obviously the 24-hour podcast, I've just I've learned so much and it's become, I guess, my icky guy. 
that mm-hmm. that's my honest opinion and I, it's just developed into so much more and i want i want to take it to that next level um but it's sort of over the over the series it's developed the actual conversations and the way the conversations have gone and the stories that have been told is is it's gone in a slightly different direction. Mm-hmm. So rather than when I very first started and you're looking at, well, I'm just going to get some business information here, it's actually, look, it says on my T-shirt, my hats, everyone knows that everyone has a story to tell. And then fr- and from that, what I've learned from that. So where people have started, where what challenges they've overcome and where, where they are now. And with the ultimate goal is what does success look like and how we, how we measure that. And I think... With that now in mind and that structure, that's why I wanted to, yeah, start something fresh for for Series Five and mm-hmm. and and bring that to the table. So we're not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, but this is a point of evolution where we refine or refocus how these conversations are structured and what we look to tease out from the guests, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's 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 that. Like I say, it's developed without me. I guess sort of consciously knowing that that was what was happening but going back over the episodes and one of my favorite things as i've mentioned to your fair is i love going back listening to the episodes teasing out some of them gold nuggets that that people leave to put the little trailers together and um and what i found is there's there is that common theme throughout all of them and look with every great story as you guys will know more than more than anything with every great story there's a beginning a middle and an end and i think what I almost want each episode to do is create that create that story where we we start with someone's upbringing and how that's impacted who they are. Look at how they've got through some challenges, some adversity, and then where exactly where they are now and where they're going. So. I just want to pick up on one other thing that you said a moment ago about Ikigaya and mm. how many of your listeners do you think will be familiar with the concept of Ikigaya and? and do we want to explode that for those who are unfamiliar? I, I, I think we shall. I mean, look, if they are avid listeners, hopefully they've heard uh, <laughs> an episode we did with Bill who, um, who did sort of talk about this. But definitely, look, not always people will know what it is and are. For, for, mate, you, you, it you goes right to the heart of what we have. Yeah, exactly. It's a loaded question because I know we, we, we don't actually reference it as Ikigai, which is a, the Japanese mm. concept, but yeah. the the notion of the kind of four intersecting parts of a Venn diagram with mm. the things that you love, that you're good at, that the world needs and that you're paid for mm. is really where the Ikigai concept comes to life. And the idea of the, the purpose, that driving force that makes you do what you do mm. is that magic sweet spot in the middle, which, you know, Simon Sinek talks about being the why. Mm. Other people might talk about it being the purpose or the mission, but ultimately it's it's connecting the thing that you do to the thing that the world is crying out for. And mm. it's that recognition, isn't it, that you're the only person to to be responsible for delivering yeah, yeah. that and help. And I, I do think that everything that we've talked about in terms of what different hats is going to be and what it's going to bring to the world is really rooted in your ikigaya. So mm. With that in mind, tell us about what Different Hats is as a business. What, what's the the idea behind it? What what do you hope to be able to offer people? Yeah, I think um, it's a good question. I think look, for, for me, Different Hats just is not only the evolution of the podcast, but actually of as me as an individual. I mean, you know, over the over the last fifteen years in business, right from when I very first started in business at 30 when I started the salon um, to firm balls to SBT to county business clubs to the podcast to the sake the food brand I've got all of those different things have 
uh, taught me so many lessons mm-hmm. in in life in general about myself, but also about business. And I think different hats is just a culmination of uh, of all of that coming together under one banner on one brand. One I think. Hat. Uh, one, uh, hat. one hat, yeah, yeah, yeah. We might chuck a couple of hat references. I do, in, yeah, brace yourself. It's <laughs> going to get very hatty up in here. Um, but yeah, I think like so. One thing I was really adamant about when I was in business is that actually, as an individual um, and as a personal brand, I guess there's a lot of talk around personal brand and what that is. I um, I was trying to come away from that. So I, uh, you know, I'm trying to build these businesses, but it can't be about me. It's got to be about the business and not about me. And I, as you mentioned earlier, I've never really had an ego. That's not my my thing. But what I realised over the last fifteen years of being in business and different businesses, the amount of support I've got, no matter what business I'm doing, is that what come out of our conversation with County Business Clubs is people by people. Right? So I was conscious then of the fact. Well, actually, maybe if these businesses are all doing okay and growing and, and going in the right direction and I'm there as the face of it I know I'm not a scalable person because there's only one of me but actually is there something in that and that's what's come out of it for me so different hats then will sit above these other businesses that I'm involved in that I'll, I'll help run and help progress but actually the message that will come from me is that different hats is at the sitting at the top of it and mm-hmm. just bringing it all together and it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think a lot of people spend their time crafting a, a, a specialism, crafting mm. their expertise in one particular field. And exactly as you've just said, you know, your business journey, your career journey is a story of multiple. It's more of an anthology than a story. <laughs> but it's about recognizing that in different hats, there's an opportunity to spot a theme, or a thread that runs through it. And mm. you are the thread that runs through it. And I think that's something that a lot of people in business struggle with, as I said a few minutes ago. This idea that um, I think a lot of us are uncomfortable acknowledging our ego or letting mm. our ego play a part in the way we present ourselves to the world, the way we talk about our business. You know, there's a, there's a. Sometimes it's just humility, and sometimes it's almost crippling mm. um, self-deprecation where we talk ourselves down because we're not comfortable with that mm. that focus or that limelight. And I think the exciting thing for anyone who knows you seeing you step into your own space here Mm. and crafting something that says there's a versatility and a diversity of experience that you bring in terms of helping other businesses whether it's helping them network helping them find one another Mm. whether it's taking their story to a podcast format Mm. how to get those off the ground it's all of those things that you're going to be able to offer Mm. and I, i I'm sure a lot of people would agree they would struggle to think of a better person for that. It's very kind. It's, but it's, in, it's really interesting that you, as you sort of mentioned that and listening to you talk about it in that way, that I always talk to my, my twins about, you know, pushing yourself, believing in yourself and going out and putting yourself out of that comfort zone and, you know, you've got to try new things. And I, I'm an advocate for that. I, I like to think that, I, I don't just say that. I walk the walk. I talk the talk as well. I do go out. I push myself out of my comfort zone. You know, talk about getting up and doing a stand-up comedy thing, for example, or whatever it might be. But it is always that. But what I've found, I, I have found this uh, a challenge, if I'm being honest, from a personal point of view. That 
it feels the right step. It definitely feels the, the, a really exciting new chapter, and I'm so buzzing about it. And at the same time, there's that imposter syndrome, all of those things that come into to, to my mind. And from the ego point of view, you, go, God, you are really pushing yourself out there. But like I say to me kids, if, if I, I've got to believe in myself, and if I don't, then no one else will. And I, that's where I'm at. But it's a two-stage process. There's believing in yourself and then having the confidence to tell other people why you believe in yourself. Mm, and I yeah, think yeah. that second one is the slightly more uncomfortable. It mm. might not take as long as finding that point of self-belief mm. but it's a lot more awkward because you have to stand there and hear your voice saying these positive things about yourself mm. in this it creates an echo and you're like shit did i really say that about <laughs> that's the awkward bit and that's the bit that i think a lot of us struggle with and it it's one of the things that's always fascinated me about um the opportunity for us to work with u.s clients we haven't done it yet but i'm i'm really keen to see how the the tone of what we do would change with people coming from a culture where they're much more comfortable mm. talking themselves up. I think it would change the whole dynamic of the process. And I think we could all, as you know, business owners, entrepreneurs, startups in the UK, I think we could all benefit from looking at how in mm. the US the culture is much more geared towards being comfortable talking about ambition, about scale, mm. about opportunity, about capability. It doesn't mean we have to constantly turn into these awful, boastful monsters. But mm. I do think that there's something to be said for owning that self-confidence and being willing to just walk into a room and go, oh, I'm really good at these things. Yeah, I know, you know, Terry and I, in all the years that we've been networking, the number of times we meet people from professional services businesses who say, oh, my job's really boring, or oh, we're just another accountancy firm, or we're just another legal firm. It's because they've been cultivated to not believe that there's anything interesting in them. Mm. And I think there's there's something pervasive in our culture that it's it feels like a uniquely British thing. You know, the, the observation that I've always enjoyed is British people have a very specific way of asking for the time. Yeah. Yeah, anywhere else in the world, someone will say, can you tell me the time, please? Or have you got the time? In the UK, we go, you can't tell me the time, can you? <laughs> or I don't suppose you've got the time on you. Yeah. We we start from a point of negative. Yeah. We start from an assumption that anything that can go wrong will go wrong. And I think that translates into everything that we do. And I think in the business space, when we talk about ourselves, yeah. it's that, oh, God, no one wants to listen. This is going to be terrible. You mentioned imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. and. I think imposter syndrome is a good thing. I think it's always good in order to stay connected with your humility and yeah. a sense of reality about what you do. Yeah. But it can be crippling. It can get in the way of achieving great things. Is, is imposter syndrome something that you've long struggled with or is it really just this stepping into the limelight thing where it's it's become more prevalent? Um. I, to be honest, I think I've more so, more so over the last twelve to eighteen months, since since with the podcast and the profile that that's raised a little bit for me, I guess locally and 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 further afield. But I, I've noticed it more there, and it's become. Let's be honest, imposter syndrome has become a bit more of a buzzword over the last probably couple of years. But um, I think at this moment, I've always 
where I am right now, I, f- I feel like I'm struggling with it more, or mm-hmm. I have struggled with it more than I did in the past. Um, but I, I was a boy that grew up in Dagenham. Mm-hmm. We was almost, it was part of our society. You never showed off about anything. If you've done really well, weren't you? And I don't show off too much. Like if you win at something, you're as good as something. I was, I was a pretty good footballer, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Never quite made it. But still that case of never never rising above the parapet going, oh, I'm actually It's not brilliant. the done thing. No, yeah. it's not the done thing. It's all, so there's still, wherever I've gone in business or in life or whatever, I, I guess I'll go back to that boy mm. from Dagenham and go, hey, can't, remember who you are, remember where you come mm. from, let's not step out. And yeah. do you think that's also, you know, let, let's flip this into a positive because mm. th- this is not a negative conversation, yeah, but yeah. this is about acknowledging some of the realities and helping the listeners get under your skin a little bit because they've not had that opportunity before. And I I think this will be really fascinating for them. But I think your relationship with imposter syndrome has benefits, therefore, to the people that you converse with on the podcast. Mm. So how do you think you can use your own understanding of imposter syndrome in the conversations that you have with people going forwards I know, that's a great question I, I, to, to be honest I think what I, I posted very recently about this actually about in, 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 about the whole imposter syndrome thing and how I have struggled with it in the past and more so around, around now but on the flip side and from a positive point of view you do look and you go actually as the t-shirt says everyone's got a story we've all and from them stories we've all got experiences so when I, I remember sitting on a panel recently and thinking to myself God, why, have I, why have I been asked to be on this panel as an expert I'm doing uh, for those air listening quotes. I'm doing the air quotes but uh, as an expert and actually you know from my own business for 15 years I've closed a business I've set up a business from scratch I've learned on the way I've fouled and tripped over many 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 times and I still do that today and you go actually irrespective of what and we'll come on to success later and what that looks like but irrespective of where that that has gone on uh, from a success level where it's been measured my my business journey I've got lots of experiences I think that's the key I've, I've I have got lots of experiences whatever they look like good bad or ugly that I have got experience and I can then communicate that and I'll can have a conversation about business and I can sit on here and I can talk to people who have grown businesses that are a multi-million pound billion pounds even and I've got um, Olympic champions or everyone in between that and I feel like I can converse with that because actually they're all related whether it's only a figure then from a monetary side of things isn't it, that people would relate to that as a success you know actually but we're all going through very similar journeys and we've all gone that because back to the different hats thing we've all got different personas we all when you start out in a business you wear all them different ones and and the further up you go and the bigger the business gets you just wear different types of hats and you still but you still have different personas and I think that's what for, for me feeling a little bit more and answer your question feeling a little bit more comfortable at this stage although I'm still suffering with it a little bit from a positive actually I've Look at yourself and go, look how far you've come in 15, well, longer than I'm 44 now, but in my business journey, I guess since I've started that first business, 15 years, look how far you have come and look at all the things you have learned. And that's, there's some value in that, hopefully. Mm-hmm. So you, you touched on uh, this, this notion of uh, the different hats as, you know, that it's a colloquial phrase that we use for talking about the sort of different roles and responsibilities that we all variously carry or shoulder in our business lives 
I think it, it's worth exploring a little more detail in terms of why, because we work together on, yeah. on settling on that as the name, not only for the business, but for this evolved version of the podcast. I mean, let's acknowledge the elephant in the room. <laughs> you wear a hat a lot and have done, certainly as long as I've been here, and I imagine far beyond and... I'm sure your wife is constantly complaining that there isn't enough space in the house for all. How many hats have you got? We've got one or two, mate. We've okay. got one or two. Right. There's, um, I, I, the other day I did get a nice little display cap um, thing that I was going to put on the wall, and she's like, you, you, you haven't done all that work on the bathroom or that, but you're going to put a hat um, storage thing up. And I'm like, well, you know. You've got to lift the brand. You've got to lift the brand. But that's the thing, is it how... And I, I think what's fascinating about this and why, why it's worth just exploring this in the conversation is I think it goes back to a point you were making earlier about the reticence that some people have about connecting their personality or their, their individual sense of self mm. to the narrative of their business. And I think as you were stepping into this new opportunity, that was very much what you wanted to do was mm. say, how do I connect the thing that I'm known for as a person the thing that people recognize about me, the thing that people might not even know me by name, but they'll know me as the guy who's always wearing a hat. Mm. And that was something that we wanted to reflect in also telling the story about the business that you're establishing here. Mm. And I think you were the one who hit the nail on the head exactly as you were just saying, this notion that when you start a business, when you're an entrepreneur, you're setting out on your own, it's me, myself, and I, it, mm. it, you're on your own, and so you're the financial director, you're the HR director, you're the managing director, you're sales and marketing, and you're probably the cleaner as well because you're the only one there at the end of the day when all the lights go out. Mm. So you have to be all of those things, and I think that's probably one of the things that either inhibits the growth of a business mm. in the earliest stages because you're you're literally that, what was it? Was it Roger Rabbit? There was an octopus doing washing up in the kitchen <laughs> and Roger Rabbit and the the Ink Spot Club or whatever it was called. And it's that thing that you're, you're trying to do all of those things at yeah. once. And that means that you're not focusing on where your priority needs to be. Yeah. So I think that's a business truth that we're acknowledging here. Mm. Um, but there's also that you touched on the idea of the persona. And I know we came up with this this concept, which you've now spoken publicly about so yeah. we're breaking the seal on that but this idea we've called it multiple persona disorder mm. which um if i can just extrapolate what we Please. were thinking around that yeah, yeah. was the idea that wearing the different hats being the different things to different people when you uh, set up or establish a business can often leave you spreading yourself a little thin mm. because you're doing all of those things and trying to decide when the right time is to trust someone else enough to take over one of those things. Obviously, mm. there's a financial consideration. If you're going to be employing someone to undertake a task or mm. offer a particular specialist skill to the business, the business has to be making enough money. But recognizing that the reason we called it multiple persona disorder was the idea that until you make that decision to entrust someone else, with that responsibility or to recognize that someone else has a capability that you don't have and they would be better suited to doing it it can lead to some disordered behavior where you're maybe worrying about the wrong thing or spending too you know the Pareto principle the 80 20 the idea that you're spending too much of your time on the wrong thing mm -hmm. 
whereas to remember why you're doing what you're doing, what your gift is, what your um, ikigai is that you're presenting to the world, mm. if that's where the majority of your time is spent, then you're going to be on the right path. And mm. so whilst we acknowledge the truth of the different hats that we all have to wear, because that's just the day-to-day -day reality of being mm. an entrepreneur, of starting a business, yeah. it's not like that forever. A hundred percent. And I, I, this is what, for me, was so fascinating about, again, doing the process of you guys and getting one, obviously coming up with the brilliant name, which I love, and just, you know, was perfect. But was this the underlying message around it? And from from someone that I talk about it so much with spinning different plates and doing all the different things that you have to do initially as a as a business owner. I guess what I'm asking people to do as well is almost I'm still on that journey. I'm still on that journey of growing of growing businesses, different businesses and doing those things and having to relinquish some of that um some of the tasks that I do and take on people and take that next step. And as I'm as I'm on that journey, the learning curve that I'm gonna get that hopefully I can having the conversations that we continue on the podcast and I'm still learning as part of that process. Um, so it's an evolved, like different hats has, has become, like I said, it become more than I would be, but it's an evolution of not only the podcast, but me as an individual. And what I'm, the ne this next chapter for me is actually for me to do what I wanted to do and have different hats and this be my focus because this is what I love doing and sitting in front of people like yourself and having these conversations that's what that's where my real passion i feel like i've found the thing that that lights me up like business does in general but actually this out of all the businesses and all the things i do this is where i'd love to spend my time and this is where i want to really focus on and actually but to do that i've got to then relinquish some of the other responsibilities i've got in some of the other businesses in some of the, under some of those different hats firm balls county business clubs those other things so that so I'm, i guess the great part about it is that it's a learning curve for me as much as it is hopefully for the listeners and the people that come on this journey with me. And I think that's the key thing. As someone who's been on the podcast, watched and listened to the podcast, and obviously talked to you offline about the direction of the podcast, mm. I think that's a really interesting pivot for the mm. podcast now is, you just said it, yes, it's great that you learn something every time you talk to someone. It's great that your listeners can tune in and listen to it and learn something that's going to help them on their own um, mm. business journey. But I think to get to a point where the people who are guests on the podcast might learn something about themselves on as they go through the conversation with you. I think mm. in the past it's been everyone's got a story to tell and you ask some questions to nudge them in the direction to help tease out their story. Mm. But fundamentally they come in knowing who they are and they leave here i would imagine fairly confident that they were able to get across who they are mm. i think this is going to the next level and is inviting them to reflect on their journey through a prism in a context mm. that enables them to think about it different so again somebody who comes in thinking yep i'm successful i'm i've been invited to be on the podcast because people are going to benefit from hearing my story but then being encouraged to think differently and thinking what other things i need to divest myself of that mm. are getting in the way or even how do i reflect on the journey i've been on at what point did i recognize that i was 
being pulled in too many different directions? And how did I make the decision to prioritize the thing that mattered most? How did I give myself the confidence to trust someone else to look after the finances or focus on the marketing or go out there and represent me on a in a public forum on a, mm. or on a public stage because that it's not just about learning to trust yourself and your own instinct as you go out it's also learning to trust other people as well and mm. being able to follow the cues that the world is giving you and go oh actually I need to remind myself why I'm doing this and what I set out to do because I, I do believe a lot of people particularly as they become successful they lose sight of why they were doing it it's why our process is so um, invested in talking about the purpose, in understanding the why, because it's great to do that at the beginning of the journey, but it's even more valuable to do it partway on the journey. Because I think those organizations that get the whiff of success, the money starts rolling in, and they start pursuing that as the end goal rather than Mm. the initial thing that they set out to achieve. And, you know, I've had conversations with quite developed businesses where when you ask them what their purpose is, they say to deliver shareholder return. And that, to me, is a sure sign that they've lost. They've lost that thing that connects them to the business. Mm -hmm. And I think once you do, that's where the business starts to suffer. That's where things like quality control and customer satisfaction start to slip because actually your one priority is revenue and I think that as a segue mm. leads us nicely into I think one of the other things that you keyed up right at the start of our conversation which is about defining success mm. and I know that that's a core principle that underpins everything that you want to achieve mm. with different hats so talk to me about success what is it where does it come from uh, I've you know, pretty much all 90 episodes I think I've talked about I've asked people how they define success what that looks like to them and what I've learned the most is that it, it's different for everyone and I get that I think as a society we are we are focused or we measure the measurement in which we measure success is based on the financial performance mm-hmm. if you go oh that business is doing well, like I, I, I still talk about it. I will mention someone like, for example, Kevin Byrne, who sold Checker Trade for 90 million as one of those podcasts because you go, oh, wow. That's because, well, they will measure the success maybe of the podcast because I've had someone on that's generated that amount of money and, and it's all based around a financial gain. Whereas you, all those people have, I've talked to have had that financial gain talk about the process and the journey and how much they loved it and the money hasn't changed that but of course it's going to have an impact of course it, you know um it's changed their lives in a certain way but actually back to the guy back to our purpose and what we want out of life that's where the true fulfillment and value lies so for for me I, when i started my business journey at 30 i was driven by our money. That was my thing. I read lots of books. I can make you rich. Those type of books, all focused around money. And I'm going to be a millionaire. I've said it on here many times, and I use the analogy, I watch too many Only Fools and Horses. This time next year, I'm going to be a millionaire. Blah, blah, blah. So this was my thing. And I I was driven by that. 
the salon didn't work out and it shut down three years in. Was it because I didn't have a purpose and I was doing something? I don't know. Was it because I got the culture wrong? Quite possibly. Lots of different reasons why. It wasn't the thing that I wanted to do. I just wanted to run a business. And the salon was the easiest way because I'd managed the salon five years prior to that. And this was a route into running a running a business. So I was like, okay. Then firm balls and I've grown that. Great. And it was doing okay. Still not financially, you know, turning over millions. Not turning over huge amounts of money. But it was a nice little business that I'd, I'd grown. But what hit me really really hard and what helped to change I guess my narrative and I've spoke a few times about it is that coming up to 40 I hit the lowest point of my life I would say I you know I'm married with two beautiful kids and I got to that point in in my life and I I promised myself I'd be a millionaire by the time I was 40 and at that point I was probably the furthest away from being a millionaire than I'd ever been and and I looked at myself and I felt like a complete failure. Mm-hmm. And for someone that's generally got a smile on his face and is an optimist and everything's going to be all right, I went into a really really dark space. Mm-hmm. And like I, I, you know, I've talked openly about not necessarily suicidal thoughts, but I, w- I was in a dark place. Mm-hmm. Let, let, we, we, we can leave it there. But I am. Um, what really got me through and what helped to change my mindset around success and why I'm passionate about delving into it a lot more was that as dark as I did go and when I did actually think to myself if I died tomorrow what I looked around and I was surrounded by people who loved me Mm. a beautiful wife two amazing kids a great relationship with mum and dad my brother's my best mate, lives in Australia, but I still speak to him all the time. I've got pals who I've grown up with who I know would walk over hot coals for me. Mm-hmm. And I'd do the same for them. People within the business community that just, that I've become close friends now, not mm-hmm. just business associates, just close friends. I was surrounded by all these people. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, wow. So if I did die tomorrow, but the measurement of success was the relationships I'd built over my life. And the impact I've had on people and how they've had on That's me. the thing, isn't it? It's the measurement of the impact, not the measurement of the success, because the success is such a, it seems like such a reductive um, measurement to just go, well, it's a million by this age. Because also, let's be honest, if you look at inflation, a million isn't what it used to be. <laughs> so it was even a, a goal that people used to set them. It was, I'll be a millionaire by the time of 30, or I'll be a millionaire by the time of 40. At a time where a million counted for something. Mm. Nowadays, you can be a millionaire if you've got a terraced house in London. Do you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's only on paper. It's not yeah, make yeah, it yeah. rain money. It's yeah. just there's some equity, there's an asset that sits somewhere and it brings you absolutely zero comfort. Whereas exactly what you've said, you know, that looking around and knowing the number of lives you've impacted positively Mm. and the number of, I appreciate, I don't want this to sound like a self-help podcast because it is a business podcast, but I do think it's a really important lesson that we set ourselves these false metrics or these very reductive, singular ideas of what success looks like. Mm. And they take into account, you know, one of the things that I find really interesting at the moment is the way the conversation has shifted publicly around neurodiversity. Mm. And I think about all of the people who are now in a position where they can define this, particularly entrepreneurs and the self-employed, which, Mm. let's face it, here in Brighton, there's 
lots and lots and lots of people. There's a real um, hotbed of that. But people who are defining their work life, people who are defining the way they want to spend their time working, the way they want to relate to other businesses, that brings them some level of comfort and satisfaction. Surely that's that's real success because mm. you know I, I'm all I'm always going to be prone to quoting Dolly Parton, but she once famously said, um, "Money doesn't buy you happiness, but you can wear pretty clothes while you're miserable." And I <laughs> and I love that because it goes right to the heart of it. You know, Dolly Parton's a woman who has, I think, probably had multiple opportunities to become a billionaire. Mm. And the only reason she isn't a billionaire is because she gives so much of it away. Mm. Because things like her reading library, the work she's done in Tennessee where she grew up to provide employment to people, helping people when there's been fires and flood. They have a lot of disasters in Tennessee. But she's always there helping those people out because she's recognized that money is is transient the ability to impact people's lives in a positive way is far more meaningful and i think you know let's face it we could all be a little more dolly yeah i love that that. (laughs) so but but i i love the fact that that's a realization you came to as well and i think like a lot of people you know the the epiphany doesn't come till you're in the dark space and you start questioning what matters Mm. yeah absolutely and i think and 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 i did and i've i've come out and looked at and, and people, because one thing, especially with a podcast, one question I get asked quite a lot is, oh, have you monetized it? Like, like, and of course, to have more of an impact, there's got to be some form of, there's got, there's got to be some money at somewhere along the lines in regards to, so that I can put food on the table for my kids and I can, you know, and the more money there is there that maybe I can have more of an influence and an impact and grow this to a bigger stage. Of course, there's got to be some form of transactional thing involved in that. But actually, again, back to purpose and what we want to do and where we're, where we're trying to get to in, in life or what lights us up and what gets us up out of bed every morning and wants to do something is that actually having these conversations and doing those things is is something quite magical mm-hmm. and something that I love and I know that I'll go and it's that belief factor that that side of it will potentially come if you're doing good things you're doing the right thing and doing something you believe in that's authentic but it also goes to that yeah, and because you mentioned turning 40 it, it'll happen when it happens and I appreciate for a lot of people you know we were having a conversation just this morning with someone about you know, setting a, a quarterly goal and an annual goal and a three-year goal and a 10-year goal. And that's great to have those things because I think you, you need to think strategically about growth, about developing your business, about revenue streams, particularly when you're looking to employ people and, and grow the business. But the growth is not the purpose of the business. The growth is an outcome of the business doing the things that it wants to do. And mm. I think that we all need to have a willingness to Again, this is going to sound a little bit um, holistic healing, but almost surrender to the universe and know that mm. it will come mm. when it comes, when it's good and ready. And the only thing we do by setting ourselves false deadlines is we run the risk of dis- being disappointed mm. that it didn't happen according to our schedule because the universe works on a completely different yeah, diary absolutely. than we do. And you know we're one in six billion people and everyone else is thinking the same thing about, I want this by then so I can do and I I think if we can 
train our brains to exactly like you said to think differently about what success is in the same way that we're saying focus on the purpose not the financial outcome mm. and the financial outcome will come go back to Simon Sinek's you know why how what his TED talk he talks about the money will come but it will come the right way and and for the right reasons if what you're doing is connected to that core purpose yeah. and I, th I think affording people the opportunity to reflect on what success is which as you said it's something that you've always done on the podcast mm. i think what you're doing now is refocusing uh the the underlying message at the heart of the podcast mm. which is rather than just tell tell us your story from a to now yeah yeah it's a case of okay well we can cover that but ultimately, let's get under the skin of how you define your success. What is your relationship with success? Mm. Um, how do you weather the times where you feel like the success isn't happening? Mm. You know, I, I think that is ultimately going to open up some conversations that are going to have real, real value and real power to people who listen yeah. to them. I really hope so. I really hope and I really believe it will. And I think, like, like I say, that... The, the type of conversation I think one thing that's really key for, for me is looking at if we could all sometimes reflect on like you said about setting goals and where we're going to get to and we want to get but actually sometimes it's so important to sit here and look back and go how far you've actually gone because like, there's always that thing oh, I want to strive I'm going to get there and I, I'm I'm very ambitious. I'm one of them people that's on that treadmill. And I, I do I do strive. I I've got ideas and I want to do that, but actually. If you had probably said to me 15 years ago, you'll be running a podcast and you'd have interviewed Sally Gunnell, for example, or Olympic champion would have come on and had a chat with you and you would have, you know, grown businesses and hosted events in front of 150 people. You're crazy. I wouldn't have done that. Like, well, but And all the money you raised for charity. And yeah, there's, there's a few quid for charity as well <laughs> along the line. And But but like you say, you look back and go, actually, there's, again, back to that imposter syndrome and the expert etc etc I can look back at my journey and I can look back and go actually I've done some really cool things and some great stuff that I'm proud of and that you know whatever it is being it's been a life experience up until now and there's still lots more to come of course but but actually just taking that time because we don't because we're always striving for something so we're in a society that you need more you need more and you've got to be productive you know 400 hours a day and 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 I'll try it sometimes at but I'm trying to get my head, a big change for me this year. The start of this year, it was a big change and hence probably why the, this has come about. And because, you know, trying to look at meditating and taking a bit of time and l l my mental well-being and looking at all those things that about what I've learned from the journey and what, what I've taken from it. And then trying to, I guess, what I'm trying to say is looking back and going, actually... Just give yourself a pat on the back and look how far you come. Still doesn't mean I'm not going to strive and I'm not going to have that ambition, but just going, you know what, you've done okay. And where you are right now, but right at this moment, that's okay, and you've done well. And I think I think it creates an interesting territory for you as well because I, and we see it all the time on, on platforms like LinkedIn where there's still this obsession with hustle culture. There's a mm. fixation on you haven't built a business until you've, cashed out and made a billion dollars and I think we have to remember that firstly that only happens to one in a million people yeah. 
so it's not really realistic, but also it's one of the things that I've always thought about in terms of setting personal goals. If you say, I want to be X in 10 years' time, do you really enjoy the time between now and 10 years in the future? I, because we're on, what's the saying? You know, we're here for a, a short time. Yeah, yeah. So you need to make sure that the time you spend is time spent doing things that bring rewards, not just fiscal, mm. but Absolutely. rewards that make you happy, that give you contentment, that, you know, when I used to work in the events industry, we used to talk all the time about the experience economy, this idea that certainly um, Gen Z and Gen Y are much less interested in fixed assets, in acquiring things. Mm. What they're interested in is having experiences in creating those memories because we only get a certain amount of time on this giant spinning rock. And if everything is on hold for this target that we've set ourselves in 10 years time there's no guarantee we get those 10 years so that relationship with success it says if success is me doing the thing i believe i was born to do mm. yeah you know going back to that icky guy finding that little square in the middle of that venn diagram and going this is what i do because there's there's no other person who would do it quite like i'm doing it and I don't think anyone else would enjoy it quite as much as I'm enjoying it. If you can find that sweet spot, and that ultimately, surely, is why a lot of people make the leap into self-employment, entrepreneurialism, founding a business, is because there's this nagging sense that there's a better life. But the better life is not the thing that comes at the end of that journey. That needs to be the journey itself. Yeah, 100%. I think, and there's so much, and again, back to the key thing I think I've learned and people I've spoke to is exactly that, that actually delaying happiness, going, oh, you know what, when I'll get to that moment, when I'll get to that X, that'll be all right. And I've, I've grown that business and I've sold it for that or whatever. And that's that. There isn't that big euphoria moment. There isn't a, a goal that you've set yourself and my happiness will be when. Like that, that just doesn't, for me, the people I've spoke to, the podcasts I've listened to, my own journeys and, and experiences, that doesn't exist. So you've got to enjoy the process and where you are now and where you're going and all of those things. Don't delay your happiness. Be happy right now. Mm-hmm. Feel fulfilled in what you're doing every day, right this second, not wait until I get to that moment because I, I pretty much guarantee that euphoric moment isn't isn't going to be there and not at the end of a check being given to you for X amount of money that you feel. Because where is that purpose then? Where does that where does that lie? There, there was a really brilliant thing I reposted on Instagram the other day, and it was Denzel Washington doing a talk about failure and about the ghost about on your deathbed and the ghosts around you of all the things that you could have tried and you didn't and they said we was here ready with all these opportunities but now we're just going to the grave with you like what mm. like, and he says ask these people who's doing a lecture at a, a university and he said like, so the thing is go out and have these experiences have opportunities fall over and foul and do them things but have those experiences because what you don't want to be there is when you're sitting on your deathbed and how many ghosts are going to be around around your deathbed asking you those mm. questions like why didn't we do this and just continuing that thought with the deathbed you know there's a, an aphorism that says nobody nobody's final words were I wish I'd worked more yeah yeah because you've like we've I think we're in violent agreement. You've got to enjoy what you're doing and you've mm. got to 
I think you've also got to find a way of enjoying the people that you do it with. And I yeah. think that comes right back to the heart of why there's something special about this podcast is there's a there's a joy that comes from you in hearing other people's story, but also giving them a platform to share it mm. and helping them almost reconfigure their relationship with their own story. That's what this is all about is mm. asking those questions about how do we quantify success? How do we shift away from that really simple binary of am I rich or poor mm. to am I content? Am I creative? Am I expressing myself? Have I managed to quell the um, imposter syndrome? Do I feel like I'm doing something that nobody else could do? Do other people respect or appreciate the thing I'm doing? I think giving people the opportunity to ask themselves those questions and hopefully answering the affirmative mm. um, is going to be really valuable, as I said earlier, to the guests, not just to you and, and the listeners. Yeah, uh, spot on and yeah like I say I, I really hope so I'm, I'm, I'm just excited about the, the next chapter I think for it and, and seeing where those conversations go and I feel like I feel like up until 90 odd episodes I feel like all of that has been a learning curve and it's got me to this point now where I feel like I've got this real direction with it and I think obviously doing the process again with you guys and helping me tease that out and defining what that was and the name that and the strap line that you go up with with you know helping the world to see success differently that's that's my goal that's my mission that's what I feel like I've my purpose is going to be to have them conversations to tease that out and um yeah I'm excited to see where it's going to go excellent well in the spirit of seeing things differently let's just reflect for a second on how the last hour has been for you being on that <laughs> side of the table has it felt being a guest on your own podcast it is a, it, it's a very strange feeling i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna lie but look, like i said i could not have thought of a better person to sit opposite me and ask me the questions and and have that conversation as we have and the great thing about this actually what's been really nice i know you you sent me some ideas prior to as i do to all my guests the day before just to have a little think about what we're potentially going to talk about and then what's actually happened which is what happens on the podcast is that we just have a really cool conversation and some tease some things out and uh new role for you Gareth I think. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be getting another hat then. Yeah. <laughs> well Brilliant. Sam thank you so much for um, making my first time in the host seat on a podcast uh, such a pleasurable one and um, I hope everyone's really enjoyed getting under your skin a little bit finding out about what makes you tick and why you're taking the podcast in this direction and I can't wait to see where you go from here Thank you very much, mate. And I, I'm, again, really grateful for, for your time coming on. And, and again, the process, look, the name is down, come up from you guys and the process from Inside Stories. And it's been brilliant to work with you again. And thank you for helping me get open the next part of this chapter. And Thanks for your gushing testimonial. It's, it's great to hear. And, oh, uh, yeah, look forward to the rest of the season. Amazing. And can I do this or are you going to do that? And, that's a, and, and that, as they say, is a wrap. Boom. Boom. <laughs>